It's so good. What a day of joy and rejoicing we have in Him. And we thank Him for His goodness to us. If you'll stand with us for the reading of the Word of the Lord this morning, we're going to look to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 2. I, I do want to announce that there will be no service here tonight. But we will be having service. We're going to be having a special service at Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple. Pastor Suffragan Bishop Lavelton Daniel. And uh, we're going to be having a special service. We're going to be joining with the Day of Pentecost Celebration Foundation for the installation of their new officers. And uh, several uh, new officers have come into place. As the Lord would have it, um, I'm going to be serving as president of the Day of Pentecost Celebration Foundation. And I ask for your prayers because I believe that this is a beautiful opportunity that the Lord has provided uh, to, to us to be able to just lift the name of Jesus Christ high, 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 and higher to the most high in the city of Cincinnati. And uh, this, of course, is a vision that was birthed by Bishop Bowers, and Bishop Buller joined him in that. And, of course, it has been carried on with Bishop Lavelt and Daniel. And what an honor to be able to step into this role and, and, and to be a participant in what the Lord is doing in our city. We are seeing great unity in our city. Amen. And the apostolic community needs to be united. And we thank God that we have that in the city of Cincinnati. Amen. Amen. I, I want to say the oneness, the oneness revelation is not just about God being one. It begins with God being one. But it culminates in his body being one. And so that's what we want God to do. And I thank you so much for your prayers and your support in that. And we're looking forward to a good time in the Lord. From the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 2, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. Verse 1, the Scripture says, And Solomon determined to build an house for the name of the Lord and an house for his kingdom. Verse 3, Solomon sent to Huram the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father, and didst send him cedars to build an house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build an house to the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, on the new moons, on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me that, therefore a man cunning to work in gold and in silver and brass and iron and purple and crimson and blue and that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, algum trees out of Lebanon for I know that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon and behold my servants shall be with thy servants even to prepare me timber in abundance for the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful great hallelujah shall be wonderful great and I just want to concentrate our attention on this question in verse 6 that Solomon poses who is able to build a house for the Lord who is able to build a house for the Lord if I could 
if I could give this another title, and, and I am a little torn this morning because I, 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 there's so much I want to say. But I think there's not only a question in this title, but there's actually an answer. The answer is a stirred spirit and a willing heart. A stirred spirit and a willing heart. Who is able to build a house for the Lord? A stirred spirit and a willing heart. Let's lift up our voices unto the Lord and give Him praise. And ask His blessing upon this message and upon the remainder of this service in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank You for every soul that is gathered into this building. I thank You for Your Spirit that is here to lead us, to guide us, to bless us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. Hallelujah. God, I give You all praise this morning. For no one is worthy but you of the praise. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is with us as a lamp and a light. God, I pray you'll give us guidance today and every day in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. There are a few times in the scripture where individuals have been called upon by the Lord to physically build something, some construction for his glory and for his divine purposes. This happens throughout the word of the Lord at various times. And we see that in this passage of scripture, second Chronicles chapter 2. One particular place where this is seen is found in the story of Noah. Anybody remember Noah's ark? If you want to see it, just go about 45 minutes south of here. Check it out. Or you can go to Mount Ararat. It's there too. Noah built an ark for the Lord's purposes. God placed it in his heart. The Bible said that he found grace. In the sight of God. And that while the world around him was sinking deep into the quagmire of violence and certain impending judgment, that Noah found grace in the sight of God and received instructions from the Lord, detailed instructions from the Lord as to how to build a construction that would be enough to save his family from the wrath that was to come. And this is, of course, one of the great building projects of the Scriptures. And Noah obeyed the Lord and did what God had called him to do. Not only is it Noah's ark, but also Nehemiah's wall. It's one of the great pieces of construction. That the Lord was going to establish the infrastructure of Israel again after it had been devastated. By war, by invading armies, by pillaging kings. And the Lord put it in the heart of Nehemiah to where Nehemiah could no longer feign a positive countenance. It attracted the attention of the king and he said, what is wrong? I've never seen you with a frown on your face. Every day you walk in here, you're happy, you're excited. Today is the only day you've come in down in the moly grubs. I wonder what it would be like if people could say that about us. If it shocked them when we walked in in a a less than positive mood. If they were surprised at us coming in with with less than a positive outlook. Oh, Lord help us that it would be able to be said about us. 
It got the attention of the king. He said, I just, I'm used to seeing you positive. I'm used to seeing you happy. I'm used to seeing you joyful. He said, how can I be when, when, when the city of the Lord lie in ruins and the, that, that there's not even a wall around the city to protect it? And, and as, the, as the account would unfold, Nehemiah received the favor of the king. He received the funding of the king. And he went into that city and he built a wall so that they could proceed with building the infrastructure unharmed by those who would bring harm to them. And so these great stories of the Bible called upon the people that God had anointed for these purposes to abandon their self-interests and to focus on what the Lord had called them to do. It called them to a place of absolute concentration. Absolute focus. The enemy fought them in each of these projects. They were mocked. They were ridiculed. They were told that it was of no value what they were doing. That there was no purpose. Why are you even trying? In Nehemiah's case, they not only mocked the purpose of what he was doing, but they actually mocked his ability to do it. They said, you don't even know how to do this. If a fox were to walk up on your wall, the whole thing would come down. Now, that might be true of a wall I built, but that's not true of the wall Nehemiah was building. And the, the people looked at Nehemiah and said, what are we supposed to do? They're all coming against us. He said, you put a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other, and you keep on working. But I'll tell you what's not negotiable. We are not coming down from this wall. We're going to accomplish what the Lord has told us to accomplish. There's something about when the people of God come together to do a thing God has called them to do. There is a holy power that comes upon them that nothing can prevent what the Lord has called them to do. Oh, thank the Lord. And so Solomon comes to that place in 2 Chronicles chapter 2. He, he explains, and I can kind of relate with Solomon a little bit in a few areas of this, of this passage. He explains something to the people. He said, I am determined to build a house for the Lord. How many are determined to build a house for the Lord? He said, I am determined, I'm determined to build a house for the Lord, and I'm going to do it. God has given me instruction and guidance to do this. In one place he explained that, that the Lord had put it in the heart of his father David. To build a house for the Lord. That God placed it in his heart. It was in his heart to build a house for the Lord. But even though it was in his heart, David's life had been one of warfare. That was his generation. That was his season of ministry, if you please. That was what he had to engage in. That's what God allotted him to do. I have some enemies on the horizon. David, they want to prevent my purpose in the kingdom. You have to fight those enemies. And because you have blood on your hands, you will not be able to build a house unto my name. So David did everything he could to gather together all of the necessary ingredients that would allow for the house to be built. That included building good relationships with people that would be able to help build the house. That included an arsenal that he developed with as many victories that would help with the house being built. He had silver put away and gold put away so that the house could be built. This is true of generations prior to this one. They've had battles. They've had wars. They've had fights. Enemy came in like a flood. 
but the Lord lifted up a standard against the enemy. We are in a different place. Solomon said to them, though it was David's responsibility to fight those battles, he prepared us for a season of peace. We're in a season where the Lord, Solomon said, has given us peace with all of our enemies round about us. That did not mean that Solomon didn't have the occasional challenge here and there. But what it did mean was that he was confident in what his purpose was concerning the kingdom of God. God has allowed me to fulfill the vision of my father, and that is to build a house unto the name of the Lord. I want you to understand, Tree of Life Church, that we have come to a season of peace, a window in time where the Lord is calling on us to rise up and build a house unto the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you for understanding that. I thank you for agreeing with that. I thank you for giving to that cause because it is that time and this is that moment. This is not a moment for us to look elsewhere or to seek other things. It is a moment to be concentrated. It's a moment to be singular in our vision. There are so many different things I could preach this morning. But the Lord is compelling me to stand behind this podium and preach unto you. The time has come for us to build this house unto the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There are such things as times and opportunities and appointments and moments in time. Mordecai said to Esther, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I say to each and every person sitting under the sound of my voice, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is the opportunity. This is the moment. We have our approvals. We have our plans. We have our purpose. The path is before us. Now it's time for all of us to come together and do what the Lord has instructed us to do. Solomon has these concerns. I can relate to his concerns. He said, who is able to build this house for the Lord? Who am I that I should be able to build this house for the Lord? You know why he said, who is able to build this house for the Lord? He said, I don't know who can do it because the heavens cannot contain him. And not only can the heavens not contain him, but the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. So I don't even know, Solomon's like, I don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about building a house for the Lord. I'm talking about cubic inches and meters and, and I've got blueprints drawn and I've got people who are going to actually bring cedars in and timber. And, and, and we're talking about a God who the heaven of heavens cannot contain. So I don't even know how we're going to build a building big enough. In other words, he's simply saying there is no building physically you can build that is build big enough to house the glory of the Almighty God. But we're still going to build a house for the name of the Lord. And this is what he said. We're going to burn before him sweet incense in this house. And we're going to have continual showbread in this house. In the evening, on the Sabbath, on the new moons, on the solemn 
solemn feast of the Lord, we're going to show up and we're going to offer incense and we're going to offer bread and we're going to praise his name and we're going to bring our sacrifices and we're going to repent before him in this house. Now, this is a little bit of a sequel to last week's message where I told you who's able to build a house for the Lord. I said the Lord is building this house because the house we're talking about can't be measured on a piece of paper. The house we're talking about is not something that you can adequately measure the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height because God is not interested in only building a physical building. He's building a spiritual house, a habitation for his Holy Spirit, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, the blood-washed multitude, the body and the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. The glorious church without spot, without wrinkle that's what he's building well hallelujah and yet it is necessary for a place to be established for people to come and hear the word of the Lord and so God says I'm going to put it in the hearts of people to do this God puts it within the heart and the skill set and the imagination of humanity to build a physical building where sweet incense can be raised and continual showbread can be offered. And that's exactly what we're going to do in this building that the Lord has called us to build. We're going to offer sweet incense in that building. If you, The Bible makes so many references to the sweet incense and to the sweet smelling savor. If you could imagine with me if the whole spiritual realm and world were, were, were reduced simply to an aroma or a fragrance or a smell or a savor, if you could imagine with that, that with me, then you would understand how important it is for there to be a place, for there to be a sweet-smelling incense. Because if you were to walk around this world and every spirit had a scent to it and had a fragrance to it, and you were to perceive that, you would run for your life because there is no more putrefying scent than this ungodly devilish, sensual, spiritual scent that prevails in our world. And people up and down the streets of our city have to face that uncleanness and that ungodliness every day. We've got to send up a sweet smelling savor so that they know there is relief, so that they know there is a place of holiness and cleanliness. There is a place of sanctification and redemption and wisdom and compassion. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. They, 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 they suffer in the squalor, spiritual squalor of their world. Now, they, I'm not just talking about natural poverty. There is that. But there is spiritual poverty, ladies and gentlemen. And it doesn't matter how clean their physical house is or how beautiful their physical car is. In spiritual terms, there's a stench that rests with them. And they need Jesus Christ. They need the cleansing of the human soul. They need something to save them and redeem them and rescue them. Somebody just asked me recently of someone who committed suicide that was of, of, great, of great financial means and, and had every single thing that the world tells you you need in order to be happy. 
And they said, how is that even possible? And I, I said, it's possible because, because there's something about arriving at that place where you've been told this is it. This is where happiness is. This is where goodness is. And this is where joy is. And then you get there and it's not there. Then where do you go? Then where do you turn? That's why we've got to send up a sweet-smelling incense, 6477 Cooper Road. And we've got to have a house big enough so that more and more and more people can come. I know you would invite people to church if you could guarantee they had a seat in the house. That's what you're all afraid of is I'm going to get my guests to church and then I'm going to have to go sit back by the Honoring Our Past banner and they're going to get over here by the Vision Speaks banner. If they're lucky to get into this room, they might end up at in the lobby or sitting in the car listening to the live stream. We've got to build a house big enough and we've got to send up the sweet-smelling savor. We've got to send up the incense unto the Lord and let everybody know, come out. Come on out from among them. Hallelujah. Let the Lord create in you a clean heart let the Lord renew in you a right spirit uh, blessed be the name of the Lord you know sometimes people can sometimes people can get used to the 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 scent where they are and they don't realize that it is an offensive thing until they leave for a few days they don't even realize they've gotten used to the moisture in the basement it doesn't bother them anymore they come and they go they don't even know it's there till they leave for a seven-day trip come home and they're like whoa we need to do something about that. That's what happens in our world. Some people don't even realize what they're, what they're in and what, what, what they're going through and how problematic it really is and how it's really affecting their lungs and what it really is doing to their spiritual man until they come into a place for a little while, till they walk into a house where there's a sweet-smelling incense and they spend a few hours in the presence of the Lord and they lift up His name and they feel a peace that they can't find in this world and they feel a joy that they can't find in this world and then they walk back into their circumstances and they say to themselves I want to get back I want to get back where I felt peace I want to get back where I felt joy that's what we're doing I, we, we, we can't build the, the, the spiritual house that's the Lord the Lord is building this house but God has put it in our hearts to build a place where people can come and find him and we're going to have sweet-smelling incense. And we're going to have continual showbread. Hallelujah. Continual showbread. Hallelujah. I understand. I said continual showbread. That's important because the showbread is for the priest. Not just anybody can eat showbread. That's for a priesthood. That's for a priestly people. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. What we're laying out this morning and every time these doors are open, this isn't just any old bread. This is showbread. This is for the priest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to his name. You are a royal priesthood. This isn't wonder bread, wheat bread, white bread, pumpernickel bread, rye bread, sourdough bread. This, hallelujah, this is show bread. This is for the priestly people who walk in the anointing of the Lord. I'll tell you what the Lord's going to do. The Lord's going to reach into the highways and into the byways. He's going to reach into the gutters, under the guttermost, under the othermost. He's going to bring them in this house we're going to build. And he's going to put a priestly garment upon them. 
He's going to put a priestly garment upon them. Glory. Hallelujah. He's going to do it. There's going to be continual showbread. There's going to be a ready word all the time. You hear what I'm telling you? You're not going to one time walk into that building and get served some cold, stale, mildewed bread. You're going to get showbread. You're going to get hot bread. You're going to receive something from the ovens of heaven. Hallelujah. It's going to be prayed over. It's going to be fasted over. Man did eat angels food the Bible said that's what God has for us he's going to serve angels food it's not it's not regular bread it's show bread it's not it's not it's not the stuff you can get at a at a a self-help seminar It's not the stuff you can get at a motivational speech. It's not the stuff you're going to get at a political rally. It's not the stuff you're going to get from sitting in your doctor's office. It's not the stuff you're going to get from listening to an insurance seminar. It's so bad. It's holy bread. It transforms people from spiritual paupers to priests. And they walk in a holy anointing. That's what's going to be served in this house that the Lord has put it in our hearts to build. Solomon could hardly contain it. He said, the house which I build is great, for great is our God. One time he said, even to prepare me timber in abundance for the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful great. And I wanted to preach on wonderful great. Hallelujah. I love how he didn't even say wonderful and great. Hallelujah. He said wonderful great. It's like when you're trying to say something as big as you can, God will do that sometimes. Paul did that to the church at Ephesus. He said, unto him that is able to do exceeding. That's a big word. But he said, that doesn't say it well enough. Exceeding abundantly. Now, above. There you go. All. Any of it could have worked. He could have said, to him that is able to do exceeding what we ask or think. Or abundant what we ask or think. Or above what we ask or think. Or all we ask or think. But he said, I just can't say it enough exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think and Solomon was like that he was like it's wonderful but it's more wonderful than wonderful it's great but it's greater than great it's wonderful great who's able to build this kind of a house for the Lord. Hallelujah. Who, who, who is able to do this? We've been called upon to do this. Solomon looked around and said, it's going to happen. I don't know how because I don't even know that. I don't know what I'm able to do. He said, I, who am I that I should build a house for the Lord whom the heaven of heavens cannot contain? Who is able to build a house for the Lord that the heaven of heavens cannot contain? And then he started looking around him and he said, send me therefore a man cunning to work in gold. Those who work in silver and brass and iron, purple, crimson, blue that can skill the grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem and send me cedar trees and fir trees and algum trees and and trees out of Lebanon. For I know that thy 
servants can skill to cut timber in leaven. Prepare me timber in abundance. Bring it all in. Everything you got, bring it in. Bring it in. We're going to build a house for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I could preach to you for a little while about giving and the importance of giving and the, the value of giving and the blessing in giving. We're going to talk about that. But I just, I just wonder, I just, I just wonder what would happen if there was no blessing in giving. What if I couldn't get up here and tell you that give unto the Lord good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom? What if I couldn't say that? What if I just said give unto the Lord? And you're like, and what you got for me? I mean, I love you and all, but what do you got for me? And, I, and that's not the message we preach because we've got to, you got to preach the rest of the scripture. Give unto the Lord and it shall be, hallelujah, oh hallelujah, given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Folks, I'm preaching the truth to you. I'm preaching to you that when you give unto the Lord, it's not a cliche. You cannot outgive God. He said, prove me now herewith and try me that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. God is saying, I dare you to give unto me. I dare you to open up your pocket. You open up your pocket and I'll open up the windows. You open up your heart and I'll open up the heaven. I dare you to do it. Prove me now herewith. You know, you know, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I want to bless you. But there's a principle in blessing. You must sow it. To reap it. Please sow it. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you to sow it. That's not me. The Lord. This is the Lord talking. The Lord is saying, prove me now herewith. I'm telling you, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith. Prove me now herewith. Open up your money and give it to me. And watch what I do. Hallelujah. Now you know I'm not some, you know that I'm not some televangelist. I'm not up here trying to manipulate anybody out of anything. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. God bless them. But understand what I'm telling you. I'm unlocking a spiritual principle for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That when you give unto the Lord, he will give unto you. Somebody said, the scripture said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That doesn't make any sense. If I come walking up to you and give you a $100 bill, now you arguably are more blessed than me in that moment because you're the one getting a $100 bill. I'm the one giving it. I'm losing it. You're gaining it. So you're more blessed, right? Right? 
Not in God's kingdom. God's kingdom said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here's why. When the $100 bill comes into your hand, you received what I had in my resources. I have a $100 bill. I'm going to give it to you. You got it. So you got blessed by my resources. But when I released it, hallelujah, when I released it into the economy of God, I have now opened myself to be blessed by his resources. And he's got a lot more than a $100 bill. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I said he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. 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 Come on, in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift your praise under the Lord. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you release it under the Lord, release it and praise Him. Release it and praise Him. Release it and praise Him. Oh, I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Lord, this is your doing. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our sight. It is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our sight. It is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our sight. Man doesn't do this. This isn't the work of man. This is the work of God. Except the Lord built the house. They labor in vain that build it. Come on, somebody lift up a praise unto God right now. Lift up a praise unto God right now. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Jesus, every shackle fall off in the name of Jesus Christ. Every chain be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Lord be magnified and the Lord be glorified. My God, my God, something's being released in this house. Something is being released in the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, he Shandaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every stronghold shall come down, every stronghold shall be broken. 
Every stronghold shall be broken. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there's stuff breaking off of you right now. Some of you are going through some financial crisis right now. I want you to give that to God. Give it to him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And tell him, Lord, I trust in you. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. You're going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. You're going to turn things around. You're going to open things up. You're going to shut the doors that need to be shut and open the doors that need to be open. Jesus, 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 he shall love I'm gonna tell you, there are miracles happening right now. There are miracles happening right now. There are miracles happening right now. Hallelujah. There are things breaking open in your world, in your life, in your marriage, in your job, in your job search, in your education. There are open doors flying open. Come on, he said, prove me now. You're proving him. He is a faithful God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Just this week, just this week, somebody who's been giving faithfully to Ready Now, a family in this church that's been giving faithfully to Ready Now, have given their sacrificial offering unto the Lord. Outside of this church, someone came into their life and said, we're going to pay off your mortgage. I'm talking about a $162,000 mortgage. That happened this week. They weren't expecting it. They had just been giving faithfully unto the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, when you give it to God, he'll give it back to you. Just this week, just this week, Someone had someone come into their life and say, I'm going to give you $40,000 for a new car. Gave them a cashier's check. In this congregation, somebody outside this congregation 
I'm going to give you $40,000 for a new car. I preach to you in the name of Jesus. There's going to be a stirring of your spirit. That's what you just saw. I'm stopped preaching. I've got more to preach. I'll have to save it. But you just saw a stirred spirit and a willing heart. That's what you saw. And I'm going to tell you that it is a seed that you've planted in the kingdom of God. And it's about to open up in your life. Listen, if you put a $5 bill in this offering plate, you get ready because it's about to compound in the Holy Ghost. You hear what I'm telling you? It doesn't matter what you put in. If you put in a widow's might, it's about to compound in the Holy Ghost. Lift your hand right now unto the Lord. Go ahead and lift your hand right now to the Lord. Say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Some of you have been giving much and working hard. Giving much and working hard. And the enemy has tried to discourage you. Something's opened up in the Holy Ghost. We have entered a season of miracles. We have entered a season of miracles. Hallelujah. There is peace all around us. There is peace on every side. It is time for us to step into this purpose and providence and destiny in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You have given an offering unto the Lord. Now I want you to come and give him praise for the victory. Give him praise for the victory right now. Come on, we're going to give him praise for the victory. Come on, praise him right now. Listen, you don't, you don't even have to, you don't have to feel it. Just give it to him in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you because I know the miracles are coming. Lord, I praise you because I know it is done. 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 I lift my hands unto you for it is done. 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 done. It is done in the name of Jesus Christ. It is done in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, we're stepping into a miracle season. We're stepping into victory season. Yes, Lord, we're stepping into victory season. We're stepping into miracle season. This is miracle territory we're in now. This is miracle territory right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. 
nobody greater than you, Lord. Nobody greater than you, Lord. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Oh, yeah, Lord. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you, Lord. Nobody.